0: You're listening to episode 115 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to episode 115 of the podcast. It's Terry Fisher here, and today I've got a great guest talking about what it's like to make skills in Canada. But before we get to that, I want to tell you again about FlashBriefingFormula.com. It is the complete free course on how to create your own flash briefing, starting from the idea all the way to the development, even up to how to launch it and market it so that it gets heard. The entire course with videos and the audio, uh, it's, of course, as I said, entirely free. You just go to flashbriefingformula.com. All right. Today's podcast is with Ben Fisher. Gotta love that last name, huh? Ben Fisher is the CEO of of Magic Co., and they are an agency that creates skills. And in fact, they have been getting more and more involved in creating skills in Canada. Ben talks about a really cool concept that they have done with Reebok Canada and how they have used their skill to really develop Reebok's brand as a uh, marketing channel. So I think you will really enjoy this. Here's some more Canadian content for you. Let's get right to the interview with Ben Fisher. Hey there, Ben. It's uh, great to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Terry. Good to be here.
0: All right, I'm really excited to talk to you for a couple of reasons. One is you've got the best last name, as far as I'm concerned, Ben Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, number two, got to tell us a little bit about who you are and your background. I have a feeling we may have something in common here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, besides our last names, you know, we tried to figure out if we're related or not, uh, because we're both Canadian my family's from Kitchener and i guess you're 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 not you're in the you're on the west coast there but uh, yeah. yeah i'm a, actually a canadian citizen
0: amazing amazing so you were you were born in kitchener and uh how long did you live in canada for
1: well i uh, my family my father did my parents did okay. i'm okay. actually from uh, from upstate new york
0: uh, okay. a lot of canadians
1: right. migrate but yeah we have deep canadian roots Cool. That's great.
0: That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'd love for you to take a take a moment here and first of all, just introduce you introduce yourself, um, who you are, kind of what your background is, and then we'll get into uh, into your company and what you've been doing with voice.
1: Sure. So you know, I'm I'm Ben Fisher, and I uh, I'm a former CTO of a lot of startups here in New York. Worked at some ad agencies here in New York um, in a technical capacity, and uh, also did kind of the, the startup thing, building products. But um, you know, started Magico. As uh, a place for a lot of the um, disaffected advertising community and and uh, technical people to uh, to gather to to do cool stuff for brands um, and we kind of have focused in the last four years on voice um, you know and it 's really amazing to see you know the community and how things are how things are developing and the global nature of these devices and stuff like that so um yeah, that's that's kind of who I am. I, we, we, we You know, the company's in Dumbo, you know, has some distributed people, and I live in Dumbo as well, um, and we're glad to be talking to you. So
0: Amazing. And so the, the company, you said you've been doing voice for about four years. Is that how old the company is, or is the company date back prior to that?
1: No, it's you know, the company's only four years old. It's interesting because there was, you know, even in 2016, early 2017, there was interest, even in Canada, you know, around Alexa and Google Home, um, tons of tons of interest um, but no one ever did anything and no one really every phone call we had was just kind of an informative call no one no one took any action you know it was pretty dead back then but uh, people were interested and, and you know some people who were on the bleeding edge you know some companies like Chobani and stuff like that I mean they you know they were preparing to do something it's interesting how it's become a part of our lives now um where it goes from interest to actually doing something
0: right right and and so when did you when do you think you saw that shift when it when people in canada were started were becoming more um you know when when that shift happened from being interested to taking action how long ago do you think that was roughly
1: well uh in the u.s i mean there's people did stuff people did stuff in late 2017 in the u.s we we started Getting U.S. you know serious U.S. projects around that time, end of 2017, then 2018 it really started picking up, and that's when you know we started developing a real business around this. In Canada, for us at least, it was really late 2018 that people started signing on to signing on to projects and and all over the place. So, well, I don't want to say signing on, but uh, you know they, they were they were considering purchasing, right? And uh, maybe that took a little longer, but uh, that's really when we started seeing it, at least.
0: Yeah, that that doesn't that doesn't totally surprise me because just just given the history of the fact that like Alexa and and the voice technology big companies have really been in the states for about two years or so longer than Canada, then that that, that seems to make sense. So um, yeah, no, that's great. And and so you've had uh, a lot of experience now in terms of developing these voice applications or actions or, or skills or whatever you want to call them depending on the platform um can you give us just some examples of things that you've worked on first in the states maybe just to kind of give us some of the, an idea of the breadth of the stuff you worked on and then we'll talk more about some of the canadian stuff
1: oh yeah sure i mean uh we work on you know on um, different um business models that we call them right some of them are running omni-channel campaigns uh for brands whether using alexa as a, as a as a distribution mechanism um other companies are using it as a, you know, something that's a little bit more of a of a of a product per se, not really meant to be part of a campaign only. Um, and uh, you know, our client list ranges from you know, Hospital for Special Surgery uh, here in New York to you know, Chobani yogurt to Illy coffee to energy and power companies like National Grid. The Air Force is a client now. I mean, there's a we work in a lot of different industries: energy, financial services, consumer product goods, healthcare. You know, we have, a, we have a pretty diverse list of clients, and, and that's one of the things we really like here. We tell people that they need to like traveling, they need to like traveling and meeting different cultures, because all these different organizations are very different, right? I mean, totally different, right? Some are more loose, and Dick Penn, right, is actually um, a client, too. You know, that's mm. very different than, like, HSS. So, I mean, you have to like learning about people's problems and with who their customer is and, you know, how to, how to help them. So, um, yeah, we're pretty diverse.
0: That's great. That's great. And, yeah. uh, and our, and you said you're on you're the omni-channel, so you're covering essentially all of the major, um, uh, uh, companies or platforms that are out there.
1: Yep. Yeah. We cover, uh, you know, Samsung, Alexa, um, Google, beyond that, we also go on into the, into the text category. Um, so what that means is, you know, chatbots that are connected to these voice assistants, you know, kind of having kind of coexisting, um, and we're on twelve different platforms on the on the chat world, um, including China, including WeChat. So that's kind of been, that's kind of been interesting because we started as a voice thing, but a lot of people saw the connections there, and we just kind of built out that capability and ha- have some cool technology. We, we have some additional stuff coming out actually this year that's that's um, a piece of uh, chat technology that that's kind of advanced. I can't really talk about it right now, but it's, so, so all of our systems are, 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 are becoming more integrated and, and somebody can really scale out their application from, from just voice to other places.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm curious now let's, let's, let's talk a little bit more about Canada. And uh, I think this is, a, this is unique at this stage because there, there are not a lot of um, agencies that are really focusing on the Canadian market per se, like, like you guys are. So maybe you can talk a little bit about kind of, um, how did you, first of all, break into the Canadian market with this? And, um, and then, you know, an an example of something that you're doing in Canada with, with the skills and that sort of thing. I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So we find Canada to be a uh, pretty robust market. I mean, you know, when you add up Google Home. You, you know, you add up the just the demographic makeup of Canada um, and, and the Alexa. You know, who, what's going on there? I mean, the numbers. I'm sure you know about this, but the growth curve essentially in Canada, right, actually outpaces the U.S. growth curve in terms of you know how fast um, Alexa and, and Google Home are being adopted. So there's a lot of um, potential there. There's a lot of installed devices. Also interesting is you know you have the Quebec market that takes French and you know everybody else is English or Canadian English. If that's a, I don't think Canadian, I don't know if Canadian English is actually a setting in terms of language, but uh, it's a setting in terms of location settings. Right, right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty robust. The real kicker was, you know, working with Reebok on, on their global campaign where we were launching in Canada, and you know, some of the some of the, the regulatory things around some of the more highly regulated industries we're in. Um, so I mentioned we're in financial services, we're in the healthcare, uh, we're in energy and power. You know, those are highly regulated industries. And so when you're deploying a skill in the U.S. versus Canada, there's there's actually legal differences that one has to be aware of. And it's interesting because the most of the certification teams at Alexa and, and Google, sorry, at Amazon and Google are also aware of those. And so, you know, I was surprised at that. I thought it was a little bit more closer in terms of uh, regulation, specifically around sweepstakes, right, in the case of Reebok and, and what kind of... Um, Disclosures you have to give to that sweepstakes. That's one case. There's a lot of other privacy and, and, and other considerations, especially in, in banking um, and healthcare, which are two areas that we are working on in Canada. Their version of HIPAA. I think there's, there's, some, there's some overlap with some language in NAFTA, but that recently changed to the U.S.-Mexico trade deal. So there's a lot of regulatory considerations in highly regulated industries. And uh, yeah, that was, that was one thing that was a big deal, right? I mean, because they won't let you deploy and it could take months or something. Sure. So that's like a that's like a bl- blocker. But feature wise, you know, there's some I, I think there's some features that aren't available in Canada that are available in the US. But it's funny because <laughs> you so know, all what well, we found out through through data analytics and you know, tracking who's we are giving people the option to be tracked to 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 learn about who these people are so our clients can better serve them, they change where they're located, right? I mean people say they're in the US a lot of the time. I mean, ten to twelve percent of the of the Reebok sneaker drop, were where people actually in Canada who who said they were in the U.S. You know that kind of threw things off, right? So we had to do manual verification of of who these people are and where that where their addresses actually were. We were caught off guard by that, and uh, yeah, I you know I don't yeah. I don't know exactly why. I mean, I guess you know I guess it is the feature, right? You know the features, yeah. but.
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I can t- I can speak to that that I know that there are a lot of Canadians yeah. that will uh, oh, set, their, set oh, really? their address to the to the United States just to get access to the to the u s. features and the u s. skills because we just don't have some of those what? features and and some of those skills. But um, but i want want I want to actually talk a little bit more about this this Reebok uh, sneaker drop and and the skills. So sure. can you can you actually describe? I think it'd be interesting for the listeners to know, like, so you created this this skill on on Alexa or this action on Google. like, what what was the premise of it? Like what what does it do? How does it how does it help Reebok's brand? Like what what was the whole skill about?
1: Sure, I mean we were hired by them and and worked with their agency in order to um you know, there's something in the sneaker world called sneaker drops, right? And so, you know, every so often they drop new shoes, right? And it's a huge business and it's it's kind of the main way sneaker fanatics stay loyal to the brand, right? I mean, they're constantly waiting for new shoes and stuff like that. I mean, they, even in it, you know, they cause it, it's so big it causes riots, you know. So I don't know if you're aware of like this community, but I mean it you know, there's been like you know, police in New York and stuff for some of these things. Wow. What Reebok did was that was really innovative was it distributed it did that whole process through Alexa. And you know, we worked with Cardi B you know, who's a rapper here in New York. I'm sure in Canada they know what Cardi B is, but Mm -hmm. just in case. Um, So Cardi B is promoting this new shoe line that she's launching with Reebok. It has diamonds on it. And Reebok was giving it away some number of pairs and different sizes and stuff like that. And so people could, you know, once the media campaign was launched in the press, which it was in Canada, you know, it was on CBC, it was all over the place in Canada,
0: you know, and the U.S.
1: Once that that happened, people would be driven to the Alexa skill to sign up to win, right? And then they had, to, they had to come back at a certain time though. They had to reopen the skill at a certain time in order to, in order to see if they won. So what you had was millions of people signing up and then returning you know, a week later or something at an exact time. So they're all opening the skill at once though. So there's some technical challenges there, right?
0: So oh, yeah. you know,
1: it, it's unexpected to have a million people show up. So people were doing that. And, you know, that was one of the challenges and why we were, why we, why somebody like us was hired. So people opened it, you know, and they won their shoes or they didn't. Um, and then they, and then they got, you know, fulfilled, but there's some other cool things there. Like um, we used uh, this proactive notifications used. So what this means is when there's other sneaker drops coming, coming down the line, Alexa will you know notify users. Reebok really does have now a couple million people worldwide who will be notified of these drops uh, uh-huh. through Alexa. And so that's the recurring, Part of it, as simple as the skill sounds, you know. Oh, you have a contest, somebody wins. It actually isn't. Again, there's this regulatory issue with sweepstakes. There's yeah. e-commerce considerations because people are people are signing up per size. You know what I mean? And uh. you have to and you have to deduct, you know, and then you have inventory management, right? You have to know when it's available or not, you know, when it sells out. So there's things like that that have to happen. And there's data analytics and reporting, and so it's actually a little bit more of a of a lift than it than it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, and of course, working with Cardi B was also uh, a lift in some ways. So,
0: <laughs> it, that's very cool. That, I mean, there's a lot of elements to that yeah. that I think are quite innovative. And um, you know, the, okay, the idea yeah. of the idea of using it using Alexa in a way to generate a list of interested people, and now having that going forward to use the notifications feature, I think that's pretty pretty cool because that's a innovative way for a brand to generate an email list of interested people through voice technology. Like, is that, is, is it like, what are your thoughts on that in just terms of like advertising and branding? Like, are you doing that with other companies now, or is that something that was sort of just done for Reebok or I'm just curious about your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. I mean, so, so yeah, we are, and have been gung ho on data collection in certain ways and, and offering people, the things they want in return for data. These are essentially really good marketing leads. You can get the name, the address, if, if they allow you, uh, zip code, and email. And so that's pretty powerful to have you know, in order to reach back out to the client. Somebody was in a shopping cart flow. You know, not not talking about Reebok, but kind of similar. Someone's in a sh- uh, in a flow to buy something, and, and they and they drop out. I mean, you could have that information. You can retarget them with their email. You know, there's a lot of real possibilities there you know, where it becomes very similar to like what happens online. Sometimes if you go to a website online, sorry, on the web, you drop out, you get all these ads to repurchase it or something. So that's, that is something where we, you know, we're we've we've been pitching to our clients for a while about just the lead possibilities. And the other thing that was interesting, you know, I just pointed this out, it's a Canadian thing, is way more people went to Google in Canada to, to actually do this, to actually get the sneaker. So there's a lot more signups on Alexa, right? But ten, mm-hmm. but more percentage people actually returned on Google to buy something, which was wow. weird. You know, I mean there were tons. There were actually way more Alexa signups. So you thought that the apps, you know, the, the number would be higher, but on a percentage basis, it's actually Google people who returned mostly. And you know, I don't know if that's because it's on Android too, right? And mm-hmm. you know, people could just wake up in the morning and find out if they won or not. But uh, that was one of the surprising things was people really preferred to uh, preferred to use Google to claim their sneaker.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was
0: about. And and then I'm sort of wondering now, so in, be- in between sort of these sneaker drops, if somebody goes and interacts with the Reebok skill, so what is it, what is it doing now or is it more sort of informational about the brand and, and that sort of thing? Or, or what, is, what is the content of that right now? Of
1: Reebok, of what's the skill now if people went yeah. to it?
0: Yeah, like like if if there's not an actual, you know, sneaker drop happening at that moment and somebody goes to interact yeah, with the Skill, what 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 are, <laughs> what are they what's the experience for them?
1: Yeah, it's basically it basically tells them that the last drop has ended and sign up for future drops using those notifications. So that's that's what it is. This is a great distribution mechanism and you know there will be other drops throughout the year. So it really is a channel where Reebok can, can get, get information and, and, then, and then get people what they want really easily. We're looking forward to doing that and, and continuing this exploration. I mean, the skill was pretty big. I mean, it did have like millions of users. It was so big that it, you know, Reebok got money, got paid back by Amazon because there's this thing called Amazon Rewards. Oh, wow. Which I'm sure you're familiar with, you know? But Amazon Rewards pays people who have high profile skills. So in this case, the, Amazon was paying for the skill. Wow. Uh, not that we got paid, not, not that anybody got paid back. But the, that's one of the cool things you can do if you have a big enough campaign, and you know one of these things is you actually get paid back.
0: That's very interesting because that, that that didn't even occur to me. I guess if your skill is that much of a success at this at this stage with the uh, with the Amazon Rewards program, that's very interesting. That Amazon would actually then pay you back for for uh, for having a successful skill, huh? That's totally, yeah, totally. Very, very cool. And so is the, yeah. is the content of the skill in Canada similar to the content in the U.S.? I know, like you said, there's regulatory differences, but would the content be the same in the U.S. as it is in Canada for the skill?
1: Good question. I mean, um, so what we are able to do and what we've done is we, we hire translators, right, in different places of the world. Some of those translators aren't translating French to English or English to Canadian, but like, uh, you know, th- we do th- – these translators have knowledge of local dialects. And local, you know, how people speak about things, you know, locally. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's very similar. In Canada's case, there may be some, there's some slight differences, you know, just because of, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, but you know, maybe saying "ya" yeah, or something like that, or um, "oh," you know, I mean, "a." The "a" thing was was included. So, yeah, there are some local dialectical differences. The other thing is the French for Quebec that was used. That you know, so that's really interesting. Is that people in Canada who speak French do, you know, it wasn't used as much as the, as the regular version of Canadian English, but like it was used, right? The French sure. the French version in Canada. So if you're launching in Quebec, I mean, the lesson is if you're launching in Quebec, you really should have French support because there will be people there who will expect to use it on that basis. So that was one of those other big differences, just taking care of that. And I think there's different regulations in Quebec City, sorry, in Quebec than, than the rest of Canada. I remember there being something around there. this like the certification process is also different right because it it goes to like a french team and things like that um
0: gotcha so yeah different language model so that would make yeah that would make sense right
1: Hmm. right
0: very cool well like i said like you know there's 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 not a lot of agencies that i'm aware of right now that are really focusing on the canadian market and understanding the intricacies of the different regulations and that sort of thing like you guys are so that's that's really great um and so, I mean, maybe that, maybe that segues into sort of an opportunity here for you to um, you know, touch on maybe what what your plans are for the future here with Canada, um, and also a way for listeners to get in touch with you if they want to chat with you or with your company and, and how best to kind of to reach out.
1: Absolutely, I mean, so we're in we're in Toronto often. It's only forty five minutes by plane from New York. Sometimes we're out in Vancouver, uh, although it's a bit far. But um, you know, we have plans and are currently working with several, several of these highly regulated industries in Canada. We have big plans for Canada and, and, and want to expand in Canada and, and work with more people in Canada. You know, Anybody who's interested in that can contact me. I'm at ben at com. Um, M-A-G-I-C-C-O-L-L-C.com. You know, we're happy to, uh, to talk about how we, how we can uh, tackle the Canadian market together.
0: That's wonderful. And then the website, what's your website, just so people can know where to go to look it up? Uh, Magico.ai,
1: M-A-G-I-C-C-O A-I.
0: Perfect. Okay, great. Well, Ben, yeah. this has been a great discussion. I really liked hearing about everything that you guys are doing in the Canadian market and a little bit of, of the differences between the Canada versus the U.S. market and all this stuff. Like I said, um, you know, not a lot of people are doing it right now in Canada, and so it's, it's, it's great to get your perspective on that. I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time.
0: My pleasure. Perfect. There you go. Great discussion with Ben Fisher. As usual, I will have the links that Ben talked about on the show notes page, which of course you can access at alexaincanada.ca slash 115. And again, quick reminder, if you're looking to create a flash briefing, get your foot in the door with voice technology. Take advantage of what I'm referring to as the prime real estate of voice, then look no further than flashbriefingformula.com, a completely free, comprehensive course to help you launch, well, go before that, help you design and then launch and market your very own flash briefing. Thanks again for tuning in this week. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Take care, Northern Voice, and I'll talk to you again next week.